welcome to Cheap Wine and Good Food, the podcast where we try to find you cheap wine for under $12 and talk about good food most of the time, uh, but sometimes we drink so much of the wine we forget to include that portion. Uh, so hopefully you guys are well and, and come and join us, but not if you're driving, right? No, 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 no. not <laughs> if you're driving. Well, I'm Virginia Palencia, and this is... Israel Palencia. Hi, how are you? And we welcome you. Hey, so Israel, tonight we are drinking the last rosé of the summer. It is. We went back and forth, and we had decided that we just needed one more to end the year. I hate to let it go, man. It is a good rosé. Yeah, this one was a good price. I think it was $8.99. Oh, God, don't quote me on this. I'm not an expert. I think it was the uh, the young lady at Trader Joe's was very kind to um, point out a rosé that would fit our palate. Right, because we were trying to choose between three different ones and we wanted to try something new. Yeah. Yeah, so tonight we're drinking La Promenade. It's, uh, it's from Provence, which yes. usually means, uh, at least in my mind, because I don't know very much, but I'm usually like, oh, I like the rosés from there. Very, very, very much. Um, it's really dry, which is the kind of rosé I prefer, right? Yeah. I like it dry, crisp, cold. I'm not a big sweet. No. Um, but hey, let's take another sip and just make sure oh, here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Salute. Salute. Salute to you, listeners. We must. Um, oh, it's good. There's definitely some fruit like forward on the on the first sip for sure. Yeah. This is a good one. She steered us. She steered us well. Yes, she knows our palate by now. We have a habit of befriending people at Trader Joe's that always do the little wine samplers, and we love the people at Total Wine, too. We always have conversations. Actually, we have a habit of befriending people everywhere. (laughs) We could be walking through a closed-down restaurant's garden, and next thing you know, we're inside getting free drinks and meet Nick, Nick, and Nick. That was a magical evening. Yeah, I think we're lucky that way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, for sure. So. Tonight's episode is going to be a tiny bit different because um, I opened up my Cheap Wine Good Food Instagram and I've noticed that I've been getting some messages. I guess it turns out I do have listeners. Hi, listeners. No, that's kind of cool, isn't it? Thank you. This is crazy. From around the world. From around the world. And I still can't believe people actually would sit down and listen to this. So, you know, from the bottom, bottom of our hearts thank you that's so crazy and I guess they eventually figured out we never were going to set up an email that was never going to happen um but I do I do have an Instagram I put up uh you know a picture of the bottle that we find of whatever we're drinking um sometimes some food that we're cooking um so please uh just go check it out it's cheap wine good food like that's it um and more importantly I have a uh, I have a website where I have a collection of the recipes of the stuff we talk about. But probably, my listeners, what you're most interested in is the running list of wines that we like. Is it the recipes from your blog that you had? I used to have a, yeah, I used to have a cooking blog, and I've, I've slowly been moving everything over and getting it in one place. So listeners, let me tell you about my wife's cooking. In no way is he paid to endorse me. Oh, no, 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 no. So she had made a cheesecake one of my co-workers and brought it to a party. And this particular co-worker, he saw that she didn't cut it. She just put the cheesecake hole there. And so people were walking up, and they were just cutting the slices themselves. 
and I guess they were cutting them a little bit too big. And he walked over. Now this coworker is about maybe six foot six, six foot seven. Thirty years in law enforcement, little military service. Yes, a little intimidating, honestly. He's a about a. <laughs> if you've seen the movie um, Police Academy, Hightower, the he's. He's he, Hightower with a Morgan Freeman face on it. Yes, and Bibles. he walks over to Jen. He stomps his feet and his hands come down. He's like, they are cutting the cake and there's not going to be enough cake for me. And he just goes on and on and Jen just reaches out with her hand. She's like, I got it. Don't worry. And she walks over there, takes a knife from the person who's getting ready to cut the cake and just cuts the cake in individual and slices. And put a really big piece uh, on the plate for, for him. Because yeah. he was afraid he wasn't going to... He, he was one of those that he has to eat his food first before his dessert, so he wasn't going to get his dessert. Yeah. But he wanted to make sure there was dessert there. So yes, listeners, go to the webpage, go to the Instagram page, and check out the recipes because there are some good ones there. Yeah, so if you ever heard anything that we liked, um, please go check it out. And definitely check out the running wine list anyway, um, so you don't have to go back and listen to the podcast or whatever. Um, and then more importantly, because I'm never going to set up an email, way too lazy, if you have any questions or you know comments or anything like that, uh, you can always message us on Cheap Wine Good Food at Instagram or you know even through the website itself. So, so yeah, Israel, we have listeners. I know. <laughs> I still can't get over that. I just never really bothered, and I'm, I'm ashamed to say it. I've got a lot going on. I never really bothered to like open up and see like the metrics of where people were listening because I honestly thought it was our circle of friends. But I was stunned when I opened it up. We have listeners in Canada. Yes. A lot in Montreal. Yes. Um, bonjour. And uh, also England, Ireland, yeah. Slovenia, yeah. China. Uh, we know our peeps in Spain. Yes. So we expected that one, but you can even break it down by region. So like even in the United States, I'm like, I don't know who these people are. You know where our number one following is in the United States? Where? Not our hometown. Oh, where? Not Washington, D.C., where our family lives. Interesting. Where? Kitty Hawk in the Outer Banks. Now, granted, we spend a lot of time out there because they're pretty much neighbors, but still, like, we appreciate you. Clearly, you're into cheap wine. I Montreal? Agree. I don't know if you're into cheap wine. What What's happening here? You have visited Montreal. Maybe somehow no, you spoke no. to someone. I love that. Man, I love that city, though. Trying to recover from the fact that we just have all these listeners. You have all these listeners. <laughs> I'm just one of the guests every so often. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to, as I'm speaking here, um, that meal we had tonight, it was off the chain. Oh, yeah. We've really been into some shrimp dishes uh, lately, yeah. especially any that are spicy. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one's a shrimp and avocado. And it's interesting because the shrimp gives you one thing, but then the avocado cools everything off, and it's just, yeah. it is nice. It's definitely a dish I make spicy. You could make it non-spicy. It you has would just, to be spicy. For you. I was like, but for a lot of people, they don't like it. So you could take the spice out. Um, but for those of you that like a little kick, you have to put the avocado on top. It seems stupid, but I'm telling you, like, it's the different textures and the avocado has, like, a cooling effect on the spice. But uh, Telling you, 
I won't. When she makes it really spicy and it's in your mouth and starting to burn and you take a bite of that avocado and it cools everything off, yeah. there is nothing better. You also have to serve it over rice, I think, to yeah. kind of spread the heat around. But, I you agree. know, it's really easy. Um, it's basically, you always start off with the holy trinity of olive oil, garlic, and onion. Although lately I've been doing shallots instead because I think they're a little more mild. You cut up some tomatoes, some cilantro... Uh, cut up a chili in adobo, like maybe one tablespoon if you want it really spicy too. I mean, a big bunch of fresh cilantro. You can't phone that part in. No, That's really no. important. A little bit of salt, pepper. You take your shrimp and you sugar it. And you just get a good skillet and you kind of flash. You you cook the, the shrimp on a really, really high heat for just like honestly like a minute. It's not going to be cooked all the way through so it sears. And then you toss it all in together and it's, it doesn't take long to make. It's a little bit of prep and cutting everything up, of course. but Yeah. Um, that's just, we've been making it all summer long and that kind of spice with the rosé was on point. It was. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But if you don't want spice, all you have to do is take out the, the adobo part of the recipe. Add spice. <laughs> Trust me. Add the spice. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I like it spicy too. Just not as hot as you do. I put together four of the questions that have been asked of us. Mm. Let's see if we can um, answer those questions. Yeah. You ready? Fine. All I'm, right. I'm in it. Let's do this. Where is your co-host, Marion? <laughs> Marion is knee-deep in uh, finishing a degree and raising five million children. So she has not been able to consistently be in every episode but things are going to ease up in a month or two probably the more important question is is where where's is kevin, kevin? <laughs> our most popular episode oh, yeah when we looked at the metrics my god you put kevin in an episode and everybody goes crazy yep um kevin has been having a series of short deployments we can't legally say more about that out of you know just protection but trust me, the moment he is able, uh, we will have him back here. Yes, we will. Uh, telling us stories about his badass grandma. We like the ratings when Kevin's on. I just like Kevin's company. Yes. He's really one of the most interesting humans. And it's, you know what I love about this whole podcast thing? Dude, this just started out as a journey of can I find some cheap wine and share good news with people? I had made a spreadsheet for grad school, right? Um, but what I love about it is. People out there are enjoying the company of people I love. Like that's, I like that I can share Kevin and Marion with the world because they're amazing. They are. So that's number one. Okay. What's number two? You said four. This is a fun one. I'm scared. Um, <laughs> how much do you actually drink? I'll let you answer that one. Huh. I bet on the podcast it looks like I drink a lot. I make jokes about it, but uh, honestly, in reality... I have uh, I have three kids under my roof. I have multiple other people I'm responsible for. I work. I go to school. So the reality is, is during my normal work week, work month, at most once a week, like maybe a Friday night, I like to unwind and open a bottle and try it. Um, but sometimes it's every other week. Sometimes it's even once a month. It just... It just depends on the season. Now, if I'm on vacation, and let's say we're visiting friends or family in Spain or Costa Rica, it's our day, every single day. And if I'm uh, if I'm in the south of Spain, it's several times a day because they begin that right around lunch. So, um, Israel, what about you? How much do you drink? 
about the same. Um, like you, kids, work, just doing the basic things around the house, mm-hmm. school, keeps me busy. So um, I do enjoy um, doing the weekdays every so often a beer. Um, just one beer. It's nice to decompress yeah. with that. Um, if I really want to relax, um, good company, good conversation. I'm a firm believer in that theory. Good company, good conversation, good food, good conversation. You just can't go wrong. Yeah. Nice glass of wine. Yeah. And always if I go out to eat, if it's, if it's an occasion, always. Yeah. Um, I think we grew up both, well, I grew up with uh, people culture drinking wine on the regular. Like that was a normal dinner affair but just I've had so much going on this year especially that it hasn't been so much that and then I kind of feel remiss because I feel like I'm almost making a joke about drinking but I've never been the kind of person to drink to get drunk except maybe like a bad patch in my 20s but uh honestly to me it's always about the fellowship and breaking bread like it's not something I would ever do alone I liked beer when I was younger um, but I developed the palate for wines and some of my more some good liquors, yeah. Oh yeah, nice scotch. Yeah, and I do like on occasion a nice scotch. I do like on a nice occasion a limoncello. Yes, you do. <laughs> Definitely in the winter months, it warms you up a little bit. It's not a bad deal. So, a beer here and there, a glass mm-hmm. of wine here and there, but it might be one or two drinks this week and none right. next week. But when we know we're podcasting, we kind of clear the decks. And yeah. if we have Kevin and Marion over, we're much more likely to have several bottles uh, and just really making a night of it and enjoying it. It's we've been cooking, eating, and honestly, we've been doing all this stuff for a couple of hours. By the time we're like, oh, yeah, let's turn on the microphone. Oh, man. It's probably a good thing we don't podcast every night. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we'd be drinking every night. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, next right. question. <laughs> I like this one. Are you drunk when you record this? <laughs> Oh, sometimes. Sometimes. There are a couple episodes where the wine guild. Oh, the wine guild, we were ripped. Yes. And when I uh when I listened to it, I was surprised at how sober we sounded. I think the drunkest we have ever been uh definitely was the badass no no, the Jefferson, the Thomas Jefferson one. It was just you, Marion, and I. I think that's yeah. episode number seven. We were torn up. It was bad. I actually think I was asleep on the couch and just decided to join you guys. Just was started... that the one where you kept going, fun facts? Yes. <laughs> fun facts. I was, we were drinking and just having conversation and then all of a sudden, let's podcast. Listen, that was an example of we hadn't seen Marion in a while. We were just so excited to be in each other's companies. We had an absolute ball. Couldn't tell you what any of our children were doing. Uh, were they here? I don't even recall because it felt very quiet. They had to be. It all worked out. It all yeah. worked out. So definitely, I would say if you're on the scale of drunk to not drunk, um, completely sober the first episode, um, but definitely Thomas, the Thomas Jefferson one was was we were gone. Yeah. We were feeling really good with the badass grandma one. We were just feeling really nice. Now, listeners. <laughs> just so you understand, we do this at home. We are not driving. Oh, no, 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 no. This is completely at our kitchen table. Yes. Last question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you ever dislike a wine? Yeah, yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but I don't see the sense in building a podcast episode around that because the whole point is to, to turn you on to good wines that are affordable. 
Yeah. I'm not going to drink a bottle of something I don't like. Life's too short. Yeah. Um, the best the best news about dropping less than 12 bucks on a bottle of wine is I don't feel any shame about pouring it down the sink. Whatsoever. None. You know, and then honestly, there's a lot. Um, there's a lot that's just kind of mediocre, but that's not something I want to share with people. Um, so if you ask my opinion, because sometimes people will be like, oh, have you tried... Um, I'm trying to think of one that everybody, it's dirt cheap that everybody really likes. And Booms. I want, no, <laughs> I'm thinking, um, this one's a Trader Joe one. It's like the La, La Granja. It's like got the animals on the front. It's like $5. Uh. It tastes like rat piss to me. Uh, so I'm not going to do, that's my dedication, right? Yeah, this is my craft. This is my <laughs> art, if you will. And I deserve it to my listeners in Slovenia. In Montreal, in Ireland. Kitty Hawk. In Kitty Hawk. Whoop. Uh, to not give you anything I wouldn't drink myself. Yeah. Because it's not like I'm getting endorsed to do this. This is really just, um, this is a mission for the greater good, right? Yes, but if La Paca or Almas or... Oh, God, Puerto de Plata, that's the yeah. one. And lately, we've been freebasing Fontella. Chianti for sure. It's that the Italian one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If any of the uh, <laughs> if any of those vineyards would like to sponsor us, we would not turn it down. Well, I was going to say, um, nobody's asked this question yet, but probably a good question is, it probably sounds like we always go to Trader Joe's, but that's not the truth. We really get our, um, I would say, our wine from four main places. Yeah. Trader Joe's is very common for us because there's just a lot of good deals. Um, we do total wine. The Ultra Vita Malbec that I really liked. That yeah. was really smooth. Um, and I think they do the, you know, it's a big box wine store. Yeah. But the one specifically that I go to, man, they did a good job hiring people. Because they will help you track things down. And so it's kind of like that small town feeling. Yeah. Um, we definitely hit up Costco because we got a membership. That's where the Chianti comes from. Yeah. And then if I'm going to get Alamos, right, that's six ninety nine there. That's for sure. And then, as you guys know, if you've been listening to this, we have a small private wine shop who I wish you guys, they do have a website, um, and I guess if people are interested, I could say it's Bon Vivant, but they do the most amazing job and such good service, and I don't think we've ever been steered wrong. We panicked this summer, remember? You had your aunt from Argentina coming, yeah, and I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God, she really loves whites, and... I'm a little shaky on some of them. Not enough, certainly, to host an Argentinian. And he understood our pain, and he and he was like, what's your price point? And we told him, and one wine was better than the other, just one after the other. And I didn't include it in the podcast, because they were all, you know, above, they were between, like, 12 to $18. Yeah, but they but, uh, Maybe I should just include them just for posterity's sake, for those that are interested, like, as an addendum on the thing, so... Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's it. So no more questions so far, right? That's it. This is all you got? <laughs> challenge us next time. No, don't challenge us. Uh, we're really busy, and uh, I don't know if we're really up to that. So it's the beginning of October, yeah, and October is a big family tradition for us here. It's the beginning of our Halloween movie marathon. Oh, yeah. We officially finished Outlander because we just... Got on the kick and started watching it. <laughs> it made less and less sense as it went on, honestly. It did. <laughs> but at some point, you just had to finish it. And now begins the Halloween scary oh, yes. stuff. So, 
what are we watching? Um, I had the kids put together a list of essentials because I was like, okay, what are we doing this year? What's what's on the list? Um, and so they're n probably not the scariest to some of you, but we're kind of into classics too. Um, we usually kick off with Hocus Pocus for the daughter. Yes. Um, and the kids like Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Friday the 13th, the first one. Oh, that's a new one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Kai introduced it. He wants to watch it. My personal favorite is The Thing with Kurt Russell and the beard. Um, I love it. And the whole, just a dun-dun, dun-dun, like the whole theme song. Yeah. The Shining. Uh, Fright Night, which we watched tonight. Yeah. And uh, American Werewolf in London. Oh. We don't think they're really ready for like truly scary stuff because truly scary, I would say Guillermo del Toro's The Orphanage scarred me for life because it's dead kids, little dead ghost kids in an orphanage playing games and doing like the little, what would they say? Uno, dos, tres. Toca la pared. Yeah, so they had this little sing-song game, one, two, three, touch the wall, and like they would freeze. And that's the opening. Like I already knew this is going to go really badly for me. And it was really bad because we were watching it because uh, we scared ourselves so bad. But <laughs> do you remember? We both woke up around three or four in the morning. I woke up and I was like, I hate to say this, but I'm so scared. I freaked myself out. I can't sleep. And you're like, me either. <laughs> <laughs> I kept on expecting to hear Uno, dos, tres. You know, or the little, like the little, like the little tappings. Yeah. It was just creepy. And it wasn't one of those slasher, I'm going to come and hunt you down and kill you kind of movies. It was just a slow burn that really got into oh, your psyche. It just psyche. got creepier and more disturbing. And, you know, little babies going to check out the basement. It's just horrifying. And plus, I kind of believe in ghosts. I think that's actually what makes it scary. I'm not scared of... Do you remember the one with like the little toys, like the little doll maker toys? Like, that doesn't scare me. Because I'm like, that's Puppet clearly master. not... Yeah, Papa Master. I'm like, that's clearly not real. You know? But putting some ghosts and some children, I'm like, this could be possible. Yeah. This, this is freaking me out. We are ethnic. Yeah. Well, and The Conjuring scared me, too. The Conjuring scared me because it reminded me of my family to a certain degree. Like, because it was around the same time I was born, and it's like I recognized the whoever did the set design for that. Like, I recognized the nightgowns and like the box of cereal. Like, they put attention. They did into making it real, and then they did again. It's little kids going like the little clapping games. Nope. What about the Exorcist TV show? I don't like the Exorcist movie. Um, yeah, that's true. Because Kevin recommended it to us. He did. I don't like uh, the original Exorcist movie. I know a lot of people. It's it's to me. It was just all shock value. I enjoyed it. I think uh, I found it really over the top, except for the scene in the end with the priest when when it turns into his little Italian mom and she's just like Michael, why you no love me? And I was like, that got me. But uh, so when Kevin was saying like the Exorcist TV show, I was like, oh, I don't know. I just figured he was. Trying to get us to watch it because we were both raised Catholic, you yeah. know? Like, you know, yeah, you would know about demons, sure. Um, but I ended up giving it a chance, and I was so impressed. Listen, guys, if you try to look up ratings or reviews, I don't think it ever got, like, above a 70%. But I'm telling you, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was scary. It was creepy. 
and things happen that I didn't expect, which to me is always kind of a sign of a good plot. Not the cheap, like, M. Night Shyamalan Maman thing where he's like, oh, you know, voila, it was the hamster all along. Like, not that crap. (laughs) But I like it when somebody just plants little seeds and then does a, a very meaningful reveal where you're like, oh, man. And they they pulled that off definitely in the first season. They did. It was, it was you you start off thinking it's this show about a mother whose family's kind of falling apart, and then you begin to realize, oh no, this is demonic possession. But you have at least two or three turns where it's not quite what you think, and uh, and that was really satisfying. It was. It was a, it was a good show. And they brought in good people because they had Gina Davis in there. And then, um, and then the second season, John Cho. Like I had no idea. So the second season, you're like, where are they going to possibly go with this? But they end up taking it, frankly, to a far more disturbing level, in my opinion. It does not hurt that one of the priests is incredibly easy on the eyes. Oh Lord, Tomas, <laughs> Tomas. But the other one's also uh, got the accent going. So, <sighs> what am I going to do with you? I don't know, uh, but you probably were watching The Exorcist for different reasons. What did you think? I liked how there was a connection to the movie. Mm-hmm. I liked how there were little bits and pieces where um, it was canon. It was canon. They to... honored the book. Yes. Not, not the Linda Blair movie, but if you had read the book, which I did a long time ago. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because there were things in the, in the series that were only mentioned in the book, but not in the movie. So it was mm-hmm. canon to the book, but it also reflected yeah. the movie so i i like that and if you were a fan of that then you can appreciate that and <gasps> we gotta add the omen to the list that's a good one there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. sorry so I, the I, wine is talking but i'm yes. not drunk listeners. i truly like that second season was very interesting and the john chill part was very very interesting he is you know what i think he's really underrated yeah he was so good in that role he was so good in that role it was so satisfying and to me, I guess this goes back to like the ghost kids, right? But in the John, in the second season, you're now dealing with kids, vulnerable kids. And I think that's really, to me, the greatest horror is having children who are vulnerable. Yeah. It's so, um, at least for me, the space I'm in my life right now. Well, there's a movie out right now that I want to see, Tigers That Dream or something like that. It's a Mexican movie. And it's about children living on the streets um, in Mexico during the cartel wars. Um, heard it's really good. So Guillermo de Toro was saying that the movie is reminiscent of Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, so, that's one of my so favorite movies. It has the same kind of um, imagery, um, the fantasy, the wow. horror, all of that there. Um, so That's what makes Pan's Labyrinth so compelling too, is you have this little girl who's just caught up in forces yeah. beyond her control. So it's yeah. not truly a jump scare kind of movie, but it is freaky. You know, you want jump scares. That movie we saw, the Argentinian horror movie. Oh, that was so good. God, that's disturbing. Our kids aren't ready for that one. I'm no. still not ready for that one. That what was, was that called? One. That was... Uh, um, I don't remember. Oh, man. I, we I, suck. I just Googled like the top 10 horror movies. And that one came up, and Shudder had a seven-day free trial. So we're like, do you want to binge-watch a few horror movies? (laughs) There we were. 
Um, but circling back, I think this rosé uh, was an excellent way to end our summer. I agree. It's lovely. Absolutely lovely. And um, we really encourage you to check out the website, cheapwinegoodfood.com, or the Instagram. Try some of the recipes. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know what you think. And then um, definitely feel free to send us some messages or more questions. We'd love to answer them. Or if you have any recipes, send them to us and we'll try them out and we'll talk about them over here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. We'll try wine suggestions, too. Yeah. What if our listeners send us wines to try and we... From Slovenia. Yeah. Hey, listen. Let's do some cheers. Let's do some salute to Slovenia, Slovenia. England, Ireland, and Kitty Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hawk. We love you. Give us some suggestions, fans. Thank you.